Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 132 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to hear about holiday eating for runners. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hi runners and letty hey ryan and hey runners welcome to episode 132 we are ryan and letty and we are here to bring you a replay actually of information that highly likely has not changed a lot but it's been a while and the holidays are coming up so this is going to be information on how to eat or how to uh, behave yourself (laughs) during the holidays given that there is um a lot of temptations flying around so, Letty, did you have a big Thanksgiving dinner? I sure did, and you're the culprit of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we cooked a lot of food. We had um, roast beef that was vegan. And what else did we have? What else did you make, Ryan? <laughs> Not roast beef. I don't know why you want to keep calling it roast beef, but meatloaf. Ah, okay. It was Impossible Burger meatloaf. Which was delicious. So, with the... Uh, non-meat meat meat substitutes whatever you want to call them although the beyond meat version is better you like the beyond meat version yes a lot really yeah i like this one better tasted a little bit different but it was still really good and then we had green bean casserole made from scratch although we did not grow the mushrooms and the beans no scratch meaning we didn't buy canned stuff yes and then we had sweet potatoes mashed potatoes stuffing there's a lot of vegetarian food. gear eating. So it's odd to have a vegetarian eating Thanksgiving dinner, I guess. Oh, it was really filling. Um, I think I had two servings and, oh, and then we made some pie. I made a keto pumpkin, I mean, a keto sugar cream pie, which I'd never heard of before. And you have to Google it because I'm not going to explain this thing. And then also I made a keto cranberry. And obviously I'm not doing keto, but our neighbor is a diabetic. So I was trying to make an extra pie to brighten his day and they actually really liked it did they yeah or at least that's what they say of course they're gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) so ryan and i both actually are a little bit out of it today because we got the covid vaccine and i doubled mine up with the flu shot and the covid vaccine all because next week we are gonna set sail or set wings and we're headed to hawaii well i just got the vaccine like 30 minutes ago, so I don't think it has anything effect on me yet. Are you excited? Yes, I'm super excited because we are going to go back to Honolulu where we were last year, but this time we're making it overlap with the 50th anniversary of the Honolulu Marathon, so that's kind of exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm totally done with marathons for this year, though my body's achy, and then of course I'm feeling this uh, flu shot 
COVID combo that was injected into my arm today. But I'm sure it'll still be fun, you know. I'm hoping to soak it all in, the people, the music, and all that stuff. I heard a lot of good stuff about the marathon. I'm actually excited to, to be running on Honolulu again because we really like it there. We did a half marathon on Maui, but we haven't done the Honolulu one, huh? Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. That, that was, was a long time ago. Pre-kids. Mm-hmm. Where there was no worry in the world. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That one was okay. I mean, it was fun to be in Hawaii, but it wasn't... Um, it's just down a straight street in Barak, so... In the dark. In the morning. Yeah, I mean, we did the half, so we were pretty much done right when it was getting light out, right? Yeah. And the Honolulu... I mean, the Maui full was a point to point, so you could probably see a little bit more. But it was in September, so it was super humid, too. So I'm kind of glad we just did the half for that one. Yeah, that one was... Um, that one would have been tough to do the full because it was really hot when we were leaving... Exactly. So, do you know, the Honolulu Marathon sounds interesting. Do you know where the route is? Is it a cool route? It looks like a cool route. It has Diamond Head in it, which is a volcanic, uh, what do they call it? A volcano, I guess. <laughs> volcano. Mm-hmm. And it goes up it and down it kind of by the side. It's called Diamond Head. And so, it's, it's I think, a thousand feet of elevation in a mile or two or something like that. And then back. So... Obviously, it's not going to be a PR for me, but I think I'm still going to very much enjoy it. And it'll be cool to see my kids at the finish line and you. <laughs> Where does it finish? It finishes in that park that um, by Diamond Head on the south side, kind of by the zoo. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it wouldn't be hard to get to. Exactly. So that'll be cool. Of course, the kids will be disappointed because they always ask, Mommy, did you win it? And they'll see me not winning it. But hopefully it's a lesson for them to learn that participating is uh, kind of all you need to do sometimes. Half the battle. Exactly. So are you ready to roll into this replay of the holiday eating episode? I was born ready. All right. So without any further ado, we're now going to play the replay, the interview with Serena Marie R.D. All right, so I'm here with Serena. Serena, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Letty. I'm so excited to um, be here today. Thank you. We're excited to have you. So since the holidays are coming up, let's talk about our topic today, which is holiday eating for runners. So what is your biggest tip for holiday eating before we get started on this whole topic? Yeah, I think my biggest tip, guys, is don't wait until New Year's Day to make healthy choices. You know, your body shouldn't be treated like you could could not care less, you know, from November through December, and then you wake up on New Year's and you want to have this whole new healthy attitude. Um, you know, I think the best thing you can do, I know for a fact, the best thing we can do to make healthy living sustainable and long lasting is making slow, small changes in the right direction. So if you wake up on New Year's Day and you're like, I'm going to try this crazy diet. And so it doesn't matter what I eat all through December, that's going to blow up in your face. It's going to bite you in the booty. So don't do that. So instead, I want you guys really paying attention to the choices you're making throughout the holidays, listening to your body, seeing how foods make you feel, reflecting on your choices and being intentional about your choices, using some of the tips we're going to talk about on the the podcast and um, really don't kind of just like treat your body like trash until New Year's. Like you should be treating yourself like the gem that you are throughout the holiday season. That's awesome. That's a great first tip. 
<laughs> Thank you. So I'm sure that you see a lot of people that get frustrated with the holidays because we work out so hard all summer long and then the holidays come and then here's a cookie, there's a cookie. You know, like you and I talked earlier, not so much maybe with COVID because most offices are closed, people work from home, but usually there's cookies everywhere, there's treats everywhere and you give food to people because you want to show them your appreciation. So you probably see that a lot. Um, so what are your tips or where do you start with um, this whole topic of holidays? Maybe you can walk me through your approach. Sure. So um, I am an intuitive eating dietitian. So I think that's kind of like a newer movement in the nutrition field. So you may or may have not have heard of it before. But basically, I help people learn how to listen to their body and kind of listen to what foods make them feel best. And I actually combine that with some sports nutrition practices, because as runners, we have um, special needs that are specific to the fact that we're, we're athletes and we're running and we're expending all this energy. So when it comes to the holidays, um, you know, one of the first places I start is by helping athletes to take the drama out of food, right? Because it can feel quite anxiety inducing if we worry about all of the holiday treats. I mean, this year looks a little different because of COVID, but usually there's like cocktail parties galore. I feel like every weekend, usually I'm like at a friend's giving or a holiday party or a Christmas party. So um, I think it's really easy to go into the holidays with this like anxiety around food um, and this fear of weight gain. And um, you know, this is kind of a counterintuitive thing to say, but what I kind of like to do is help people realize that all foods can fit into the, like, your daily intake. So you can make sure that you are going to eat not too many cookies or not too many cocktails so that you can maybe enjoy your experience, but not have any negative side effects to the way you feel in your body. So um, a lot of what I'm doing is working with like helping people understand the science of food, understanding like why food isn't, you know, automatically going to lead to weight gain to take some of that fear out of it, but also help them figure out like, when is that cookie totally worth it and an enjoyable experience and a memory that I'm going to savor and really enjoy versus when am I just like stress eating cookies? Right. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially because there is a lot of drama with food because everything is centered around eating. I mean, if you think about Thanksgiving, yes, you think about your family and saying thank you. But at the same time, you're picturing loads and loads of foods on somebody ta somebody's table. And then the same with Christmas or cocktail parties, like you said, you know, people walking around with their hors d'oeuvre players and, and handing them out. And then here's something, there's something, the cocktails, the drinks, the eggnog, all that. So that's, um, so that's really interesting. So talking about the science, how do you approach that without making people feel completely like, okay, I need to think about the technicalities of what's in this food rather than being able to just enjoy it? Yeah, good question. So kind of, I think when it comes to the holidays, we need to like kind of accept the fact that we're not going to be in control of creating every dish, right? Like grandma's going to be cooking dinner, like um, maybe your friend brings over cookies and we're not going to know like every macronutrient or calorie and the ingredients 
ingredients in every food, right? So as long as you don't have a food allergy, then we can take a deep breath and figure out how to use mindful eating practices to make this not feel like a scary experience. So um, one of the things that I encourage people to do is kind of to look at maybe their, and again, this is a little bit weird this time of year because of COVID, but usually I tell people to kind of look at your calendar and see really how often um, like parties or, you know, celebrations are going to be happening. Because what I mean by that is in traditional days, if you have like happy hour and two parties in the same week, you may say to yourself, you know, I know if I drink all three of those nights or if I have dessert and appetizers and heavy food all three of those nights, I'm not going to feel good. Okay, so I'm not saying you're going to gain weight. You should be terrified you're going to gain weight. I'm saying my body will not feel good. Okay, so you may make the decision of, hey, let me actually try and say this this party specifically on Saturday, I'm totally going to indulge there. I'm going to have some treats and some alcohol, but maybe the other um, events during the week, you maybe say to yourself, you know what, let me just really be intentional about my choices. Let me really try and stick to having um, like crudite or veggies and some protein and then like a little bit of some like carbohydrate and maybe one cocktail. So kind of just like setting some kind of like game plan for how you're going to deal with the onslaught of holiday parties and events. Now that said, because it's COVID times, maybe we're just dealing with like a handful of parties or events um, or situations. In which case, I really want you to really kind of double down on your mindful eating practices. So again, I kind of weigh, is this in a special event that comes once a year where I don't want to be thinking about nutrition? I literally just want to like let go and indulge and, you know, eat the right amount that I don't get sick to my stomach, obviously. And I think, that's okay. You can say, you know what, I don't care what I'm eating or drinking. This is my one night a year. Um, this Christmas party, I go nuts every year and this is how I do it. I think that's awesome. But again, if you're doing it over and over again, you're not going to feel good. Come January 1st, you're going to be like, oh, I don't feel so good. So mindful eating practices are awesome in that I really encourage people to take the food that they want to eat and to put it on a plate because that way our brain can literally see how much food we're about to eat. And it literally helps you feel your fullness, Letty, which I think is something that's hard to do when you're just grabbing an appetite here, a cookie there. That's a great idea. It makes complete sense. What are some other ones, mindful eating practices? Because this is completely new to me. Yeah. So I think putting it all on a plate. So I would say rather than just kind of, you know, letting the appetizers fly at you when you walk into the party. Maybe you take a few minutes to kind of make a circle, figure out what is being served to you, figuring out like what actually sounds good rather than just grabbing anything that they put in your face. Building your plate with foods that really are going to satisfy you and hit the spot, the things that you're truly like, yum, that sounds good. I want to eat that. And building your plate that way. And then if possible, if you can sit with your plate, put your booty in a chair, I always tell my clients, put your booty in a chair, sit down and slowly eat it. So not just kind of like mindlessly popping food into your mouth, but really eat it, taste the flavor, chew it and experience it. That also is going to help you feel your fullness better. So you're less, you'll have less of a tendency to overeat. Okay. So to summarize them this far, we have the whole calendar where you kind of, you know, look at the date and then getting stuff on a plate and then actually sitting down and eating it slowly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think 
I'm not encouraging encouraging you to stop after one plate, but I'm encouraging you to stop and listen to your fullness. So what I mean by that is maybe you eat your plate, you make sure that you've waited like 10 to 20 minutes before you decide whether you're hungry enough to go back for seconds. So I'm not discouraging going back for seconds, but more so saying rather than just like eating super quick, eating everything that you see, and then, you know, you're leaving the party, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so full, I need to unbutton my pants. That's, a, that's an uncomfortable feeling. So we're trying to remove the discomfort. We want you, the goal here is you leave the party saying, I'm perfectly full, I'm comfortably full, I hit the spot, the food I ate was delicious and satisfying, rather than leaving feeling like you just binge ate cookies and you don't even remember eating how many cookies you had, and you don't feel comfortable in your clothing, right? So we're trying to add some mindful attention to the food choices we're making and making sure that they're truly enjoyed and savored in the moment. That's great, Serena. And then when it comes to the rest of your day, do you suggest to your clients they not eat or should they eat? Oh, what a good question. <laughs> so yeah, I do not encourage, um, you know, trying to save your calories, quote unquote. I have found um, in virtual nutrition coaching, one of the quickest, easiest ways to lead to overeating or binging or having that chaotic relationship with food, that feeling of, I can't stop eating my kids cookies and I'm not quite sure why it always is related to skipping meals so just because you have a party that night doesn't mean you starve yourself all day just because you went to a party last night doesn't mean you skip breakfast the next day I really encourage you setting up your day with regularly occurring meals every three to four hours so again we can really keep our body well nourished and we can really kind of um, keep that relationship with our belly where we're hearing our hunger and feeling our fullness. And I know this sounds like such a basic concept, but I can't tell you how many people just shove down on that hunger and try and ignore it. And then they get so hungry that they eat past their fullness. Yeah, I've been, I've been culprit of this as well. I mean, you know, the days, you know, you're going somewhere for Thanksgiving, I purposely wake up and not eat anything. So that way I can eat more of it. Then, you know, it's like you say, it doesn't really feel that good at the end. Of it the doesn't day. feel good. Yeah. yeah. So I think like, you know, if you're somebody who's like, Serena, last night I ate too much and I don't feel so good. I may say something to you like, okay, so can we eat some foods that are really going to kind of help to um, help your body feel more energized today. So if you had a whole bunch of sugar last night, a whole bunch of like alcohol last night, you may be benefiting from having a really veggie rich and protein rich meal. So maybe you make yourself like an omelet with some veggies. Maybe you make yourself like a green smoothie with some protein powder in there. Um, and same thing goes for like on Thanksgiving day. If you're like, I want to kind of make sure I'm eating. So I feel when I'm hungry, I'm eating and I get full, but maybe rather than getting, um, so I use the hunger and fullness scale a lot of times with my clients. So we talk about how seven is this perfect fullness. Like it's very comfortable. I'm staying full for three to four hours when I reach a seven. And maybe on Thanksgiving day, Letty, you consider getting to a six, which is a little bit of like a lighter feeling of fullness. So that way you don't go into Thanksgiving feeling like ravenous and you haven't eaten all day. And then having that experience where you can't control yourself around food. We always want to keep um, our, we always want to stay in control. It's a, it's a bad feeling when you feel like the cookies are taking control of you or the mashed potatoes are taking control of you. So the way we do that is we make sure our body always knows when you feel hunger, 
you honor it. And it's, again, super basic, but that's one of the like basic tenets of intuitive eating. That's a good concept. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question that has not as much to do with this whole holiday theme, but we can kind of tie it together, which is when you run in the morning and you're running on a caloric deficit. So basically you wake up and you run and then you burn fat instead of, um, you know, calories that you just consumed. Can you talk about that a little bit and then maybe tie it into this whole holiday running and when a good time of the day would be to run? Yeah, so I think um, it actually, it does tie in beautifully to the holidays, especially with, um, I don't know when this episode will be released, but Thanksgiving is in our near future right now. We're recording November 10th, and um, turkey trots are super popular, right? So people wake up in the morning, and they run a 5K, they run a 10K, whatever, with their family, and yes, a lot of times those turkey trots are advertised as like, burn some calories before you go dig in for dinner with your family, and um, so here's the thing with um, fasted cardio. And this applies not only on Thanksgiving, but every day of the year. When you work out in a fasted state, and let's specifically talk about running right now, so cardio, you are burning more calories from stored body fat or fatty acids than you are from that food that you would ingest before a workout, like if you had a bagel, let's say, before. So that is true. Um, that said, that doesn't necessarily mean that come the end of the day, right because our body doesn't just like work in little intervals where it's like okay you burned body fat at 7 a.m so now when you go to bed tonight you are going to remain in that body fat burned state you're going to eat the rest of the day right so just because you work out on an empty belly in the morning doesn't mean you're going to go to bed that night having burned extra body fat like there's plenty of time during the day to kind of um eat back that food that you burned off. And so therefore, it's not like because you exercise on an empty belly, you're guaranteeing that you're going to be um, have burned fat that day. Really, what's more important is just kind of ending that day in the overall calorie deficit. Um, so it's not so much about getting the fasted cardio in so much as ending the day in a calorie deficit to promote fat loss. That makes sense. Yeah, completely. Okay, so then basically any time of the day during the holidays, it's okay to run. Um, it's not going to really make a big dent into whatever is going on with you. Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I think this is really important, guys, because, and again, the holidays looks a little different this year, so I'm kind of speaking on uncharted territory right now, but I know in the past, the holiday season's super chaotic. There's presents to buy. You feel like every minute of free time gets swallowed up by the holidays. And so I want to encourage you, like, don't feel like if I don't go running in the morning on an empty belly, then it's not worth it to go running at, you know, some other time of day. That's absolutely not true. Whenever you can make time for yourself to go for that run and to get that weightlifting session in, to go for a walk, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's on an empty belly or not. Like you should prioritize that movement. Um, not only will it help you feel like your body weight is better controlled to the healthy weight your body wants to be at, but also will help with stress management. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and what other, um, what other advice do you have for your clients um, that are runners that want to make sure that the holiday training goes just as well as their training during spring or summer? Yeah. 
so um, I think every runner is different, right? So some people are prioritizing um, running right now because they're on a training plan. They have a race in the spring where the training in December is important. So for those athletes, I really encourage us to schedule our workouts, right? So just the way you don't tell your boss, sorry, I can't work today. I have to wrap gifts, right? Like that would be ridiculous. It's the same thing with that workout. You don't say, sorry, I'm not going to work out today just because I need to go holiday shopping, right? And again, I know this year, everything looks different. So, um, so anyway, talking about past years. So we want to make sure we're scheduling our workouts and we're getting in the movement that we need to get to achieve our goal. Now, for some athletes, maybe um, they don't have a race coming up and they just want to stay active because it helps them feel good in their body. And for those athletes, again, I encourage you to schedule your workouts, but I also encourage to schedule some flexibility in there. So what I mean by that is maybe you know you want to work out four times a week and you maybe schedule like five or six time blocks where you are going to have time to work out. So that way, if you skip one or two of them, it's no big deal, right? Because you have a surplus of time blocks saved to kind of have that, that movement in. And again, the way I work in my private practice is I'm always encouraging us to figure out how to feel good in our body. And what I'll find for many runners, and I'm sure letting you feel the same way, is you just don't feel as good when you skip workout after workout. So rather than it being like, I have to run because my dietitian told me to, you know, it becomes, I need to run because my body feels better when I run. And I want this immediate gratification of I run, I feel better which is like so, so lovely that we have that opportunity because the same can't really be said for I eat a salad and I immediately feel so much better, right? Like, I mean, I may feel that way, but a lot of people are kind of like, I'm just eating a salad and, you know, so the running gives us that immediate gratification, which is so lovely. That is lovely. Serena, one question um, sure. that I have in regards to particular foods that people want to consume. So either for healthy eating or if they want to bake treats and, you know, for your running friends and make them a little bit more healthy, what are your suggestions for um, the alternatives of lots of sugar and butter, but still make the treats taste good? Yeah. So um, again, I think that we have to kind of always consider what's going to hit the spot, right? So for some people, for some recipes, you might be like, it's got to be the buttery, sugary thing my grandma makes, or it's nothing at all, which I respect that. But there's plenty of times where I'm like, I don't care. Like, I just want some chocolate. And so if we can, you know, make it a little healthier, that's cool. It'll still hit the spot. So hitting the spot is very important in intuitive eating. So um, some excellent alternatives for sugar. Um, I really like monk fruit, monk fruit sweetener. So you can buy those at like Target. Um, it's basically an alternative to sugar. Stevia drops are one of my most used um, like recipe ingredients. One of my most used ingredients. Um, I love to add it to Greek yogurt and I have like chocolate flavored stevia drops, um, caramel flavor, coconut flavor, vanilla flavor. So I really like to use stevia drops to help flavor food. So maybe you cut out some of the sugar and you add stevia or monk fruit instead. Um, a lot of recipes, you can swap out oil for applesauce. So that's also a good trick. Um, for some recipes, you could swap out the butter for a saturated fat like coconut oil. Um, I can't really say I have strong opinions of coconut oil versus butter, although if you're vegan, maybe the coconut oil would be better. 
Um, but coconut oil does have this benefit of it contains median chain triglycerides, which potentially can help with like um, blood sugar, insulin sensitivity. So that kind of is a cool benefit. Um, but ultimately, I think really the most important takeaway here isn't how do I make the healthiest treat so that I can eat more of them, but rather how do I find the treat that is most satisfying to me and eat it in a slow and enjoyed way so that you don't feel this need to like binge on the food or overeat the food. Okay. No, that makes sense. And I've never heard of stevia drops at all. I mean, I've heard of stevia, but not drops and especially not flavored ones, which is super interesting to me because I'm always trying to kind of cut out the sugar just because, you know, especially with kids, give them other alternatives that are maybe a little bit healthier because you know they love the sweets so much. Yeah. But um, so are there special recipes for that? Because obviously I can't use a cup of stevia drops, right? Honestly, I'm not a big baker, but um, when I do bake, I really like the website, and I'm not affiliated with her in any way. I just am a fan. Um, paleomg.com, um, so P-A-L-E-O-M-G.com. She just has some awesome, like, healthier, a lot of grain-free um, baking recipes. Um, I do admit to being a little bit of a rebel, where if I'm baking something and it recommends, like, a, a cup of sugar, I'll just experiment and like cut the sugar and maybe add a few drops of stevia or some monk fruit um but honestly i don't have the like the measurements um, of how to swap one for the other memorized so um i kind of encourage you guys to just like find recipes that work for you and then if you're brave you can experiment or you can just kind of go on google or pinterest and type in like low carb or low sugar baking recipes and i'm sure there's tons of options available yeah, and you're right. I mean, that's a, that's half the battle, right? I'm a new vegan, so I'm always trying to swap out eggs and butter, and half the time it just falls apart. I'm not a baker either, and I'm sure that if I were more diligent with it, it would probably work out better, but half the time it just falls apart, and it's super frustrating, you know, unless you find a particular recipe that works with whatever substitute you're using. It's kind of a guessing game. It is. And I do admit where baking is not my forte. So, and I'm not, I don't know. I just, I'm not a big, I'm definitely a chocolate person, but I'm not like a baked goods person. So um, I guess I haven't really ever perfected that skill. You've heard of flax eggs, I'm assuming, right? Like taking the flax seed. Okay. So yeah, that's a good substitution for vegans is you guys can take, um, swap out an egg and make a flax egg using flax, uh, ground flax seed and some water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, of course, like you said, chocolate is, is a whole different ballgame with um, vegan chocolate. I mean, that's kind of crazy to find because you always run into the fact that, you know, you're going to have to eat the dark chocolate and you're not going to have the milk chocolate anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, dark chocolate's really healthy for us. So there's kind of that you're, you're forced into having that like super healthy aversion, rich in antioxidants, but absolutely. Um, I, I'm not, I, I can't speak to a whole lot about vegan chocolate. I don't have a lot of expertise there because um, I'm not a vegan, but, um, you know, black chocolate or dark blackout chocolate by Alter Eco is a really yummy um, dark chocolate. And I'm not sure if it's vegan, but I'm 99% sure there's no added. So many tips. I'm going to have to summarize them all out and uh, make a bullet list because I feel like this is gold right now. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks, Serena. And anything else from you, Ryan? 
Nope. All right. Until next time. Have a good week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.